Welcome to History in Six, a place where we sample history in six-minute increments. I'm your host, Tima Lindell, and today we're going to talk about early colonial Boston. Time is short. Let's jump into it. The success of the Plymouth Colony encouraged further attempts to colonize New England. These future waves were driven by Sir Robert Rich. Rich was a deeply religious fellow who graduated from Cambridge Puritan College. His goal was reformation of the Church of England. When his efforts failed, he developed an alternate vision. He envisioned a reformed colony in the Americas. At 25, he became a member of the Virginia Company and was a great promoter of New England. Throughout the 1620s, he organized a growing number of religious settlers to undertake the adventure to America to establish his reformed colony. In 1623, Rich recruited a group of Dorset men and women to voyage to New England and land in Cape Ann with the goal of colonizing Namkeag, which is current-day Dorchester, which is kind of south of Boston. John White was the clergyman leading the expedition. His goal was to create a group devoted to, to implement Rich's vision in North America. The success of the second wave led to a third round of expeditions in 1628, which produced the settlement of Salem, Massachusetts. On March 4, 1629, the organizers of these voyages created the Massachusetts Bay Company. They obtained a royal charter with the authority to transfer itself wholly to the American side of the ocean. They dispatched six ships, 350 people, and a large supplies of provisions, tools, and arms, things they would need to set up a, col a successful colony in New England. 1630 saw a second fleet with a 700 additional settlers aboard. This began a series of convoys numbering 200 plus ships in all. The 1630s saw over 20,000 Englishmen and women migrate from England to New England. One of the most important men of this migration was John Winthrop. John Winthrop was a Cambridge-trained lawyer. After graduating, he obtained a job in the Court of Wards. The Court of Wards was a remnant of the feudal system. It was a court of record over matters dealing with the estates held by crown. This would be payment of taxes and rents due to the crown. Transfer from deceased tenants to their heirs. He ended up losing his job because of his uncompromising Puritan views. He came to the conclusion that England was a lost cause. It was overcrowded. It was irreligious and ill-governed. He saw Europe as beyond redemption and New England as the solution. Only an enterprise governed in the name of Reformed religion stood a chance of success. He joined the Massachusetts Bay Company at the end of July in 1630, when it was decided that a new colony would be self-governing and not answerable to the backers in England. Under this new charter, the colonists could meet four times a year to pass laws, elect members and officers, including the governor, the deputy governor, and 18 assistants. The colony could correct, punish, pardon, and rule all the inhabitants as long as it wasn't contrary to English laws. Twice widowed, Winthrop sold his estates valued at 5,760 pounds, which would be nearly $2 million in current currency, and put all that into the venture. He impressed the entire company 
with not only his determination, but his efficiency. Winthrop was duly elected governor of the venture. He was successful in getting people and ships together over the winter, forming the largest and best equipped English expedition yet. They set off on Easter Monday in 1630. Winthrop was excited for the trip as he saw himself in biblical terms as the flight from Egypt to the Promised Land. While the Plymouth Rock Pilgrims that sailed on the Mayflower were separatists, they too thought the Church of England was corrupt and doomed, but they wanted to escape from it. They saw America in the spirit of a, a hermit leaving a wicked world to seek salvation in the wilderness. Winthrop saw things differently. He didn't necessarily want to separate from the Anglican Church in Europe. He thought it was redeemable, but the only place it could be redeemed was in New England. New England would be a pilot church and state, creating an ideal spiritual and secular community. And by accomplishing this, he could then convert and save the old world in Europe. One of his famous quotes were, We must consider that we shall be a city upon a hill. The eyes of all people are upon us. That's a striking phrase, one that many politicians in the future would reference in regards to America, probably most famously by President Ronald Reagan himself, who would often refer to America as the shining city upon the hill for the world to see. The Winthrop-led reinforcement was the turning point in the history of New England. He took over a thousand colonists and settled them in half a dozen little towns ringing Boston Harbor. In the capital of Boston, he built himself a townhouse farm of 600 acres named Ten Hills. He even built a ship named Mystic River for coastal trading. Unsurprisingly, he was the first governor of Boston. Throughout the 1630s, ships continued to arrive, not only making good on losses and supplies, but also to swell the community population. New towns and settlements were established, and Boston began to flourish. One final note. America is the first nation whose origins are fully recorded. We don't have ancient myths or legends, but solid facts set down in all the letters and diaries from the men and women who made it happen. There can be no doubt why these colonists went to America. They weren't going for quick profits, but to create something new. Something valuable and durable, but overwhelmingly religious. They had different notions of religious truth and religious duty, which affected how they set up their colonies. But the overall impulse for the vast majority was religious freedom, something that would prove important in the years to come. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about us. If you haven't already, subscribe to get future content. And as always, have a great day if you want to.